Hey, chosen ones, protect your energy. The narcissist will try and drain your energy, sit on top of your energy, push you down, pull you under into their vortex, hoover you back into their darkness, gaslight you into believing that you are the problem and you are the narcissist. You are the light they are attracted to. You are chosen here to elevate the collective and they know it. You are chosen for a purpose here. So release all the narcissists out of your life. Get rid of them. So shine your light brightly. This is your superpower empath. Your light is so bright, it can shine and eliminate all the darkness around. So stop letting the dark cover your light and embrace your uniqueness and your empath abilities. Get rid of all the narcissists in your life. Put up boundaries and barriers and shield your energy empath. Find the Empath Energy Protection Meditation in the Meditation Playlist on the Raven Scott Show channel. Today I share with you the episode 2 of the Raven Scott Show on Narc Abuse TV. It is so powerful and full of amazing content that I just couldn't resist sharing it with you here on my channel and podcast. Hello, hello. It's so good to be here. I'm grateful to be back. So holding the narcissist accountable is like emotional abuse to them. They receive it as offensive. They will not receive any type of constructive criticism. They will not even receive how you are feeling, how they have affected you. And they will all of a sudden, their ego will be triggered. And, and now you're on the defensive when you really should be able to safely share how you're feeling, how someone's treated you. But to them, <clears throat> excuse me, they go on the attack because they think in their ego that it's emotional abuse. How could you say that? You're the one that's crazy. You're the one that's at fault. Or in my instance, I have someone in my life. I shared with her authentically how she did this. This made me feel right? The very like right. things that you, you should be doing when you did this action, this made me feel. And honestly, she was stunned. And I'm like, I know she doesn't know how to react. She doesn't know how to receive this because she thought she did nothing wrong in her head. She was blameless. She, you know, said you're always, you know, welcome or whatever the kid, the case is. <laughs> and honestly, it's just bull crap. Like it's just bullshit. So whatever she's saying is lip service and anything that, she, you know, and what she's trying to do, she went into the fight or flight in, as that extremely selfish person. And she was trying to defend herself. And that's what the narcissist does. All they're doing ever is to defend themselves and never take accountability for their actions. So, so we're talking about someone's behavior really not lining up to trying to keep peace, it's almost as if their brain is operating totally different than the way other people operate. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, again, the narcissist, a big key trait is that they have zero empathy. They really actually lack the brain capacity and the emotional intelligence for empathy. And to resolve a conflict in a healthy relationship, you need to be able to hear out the other person take responsibility and both sides, right? There's always two sides to a story. There's two sides to a conflict. 
But with the narcissist, it's one. They're never to blame. It's always you. You will always have to do this, this, this to make it better. Otherwise, just leave. And then they'll break your heart, break up with you, ditch you. Like they just will move on so quickly. So either way, it's not a fun experience for the person on the receiving end. If that's the case, then, oh, I got to give it, I got to do this real quick here uh, before I forget. Um, you can get a hold of Raven, by the way, on her Instagram page. Hope I'm getting this correct. Uh, yes. Raven Scott Show is the Instagram page. Now, is that the same as it is on your YouTube as well? I'm just curious. Same, same exact. Yep. Okay. My YouTube channel is Raven Scott Show. All right. I wanted to get into another aspect that you were highlighting uh, concerning having no empathy, that they have no empathy for you. Can you expound on that a little bit more? Again, the majority of our audience are individuals who are just now beginning their journey. Uh, so, so for some of you who are seasoned veterans of understanding uh, narcissistic abuse, uh, uh, traits and behaviors of narcissism and so forth, uh, feel free to join in and enjoy the journey as uh, we talk about this now. Uh, but uh, go ahead, Raven. Talk a little bit about that. No empathy for you. Empathy is an important part of being a human being. Um, this is how we stay together healthy in our families, in our tribes, how we take care of each other for survival. And empathy is the emotion. It's a bit different than sympathy. Sympathy is, oh, I feel bad for you. Empathy is, I feel your pain and I'm sorry. Like I, I see you and I hear you and I recognize you that your emotion is valid. And that could be any emotion, you know, joy and celebration. Narcissists don't know how to celebrate other people either, you know, um, sadness and hurt. They don't know how to deal with that because they play the victim all the time within themselves. And so they're the ones always hurt. They're always belittling your experience. I have another example I've experienced um, from someone close to me that when I expressed, when this happened in my life, this really was hurtful. And I wish that things could have been better. But of course, we can't live in the past. We need to move forward. But sometimes we need healing in these conversations to be able to move forward. And the person who is a narcissist or is playing the victim or is extremely selfish, or you could call them toxic, they will try and one up you in the game like, oh, yeah, well, but you didn't feel like you weren't hurt by your family when you were little or you didn't have it as bad as me. So they're actually not even hearing you because they're not holding space and saying, I'm sorry that that happened. That was never my intention. They're just like one upping you in the victim game. Like, oh, well, you don't have it as bad as me or, oh, well, you know, you're lucky you even have me. Like they just completely ignore your emotions. And that is a lack of empathy. That, that lack of empathy, that, what did you, you said they try to always one-up you, as you put it. Yeah, yeah. They try, uh, it's, uh, it's sad, it's, it's actually kind of pathetic that a person it, wants it to is. live that life that way. Hopefully, um, if you're experiencing this and you need to reach out to someone, of course, you're more than welcome uh, to reach out to anyone that's uh, on the shows that we do. But uh, I am truly highlighting the Raven Scott show here to reach out to Raven if you're dealing with a narcissist and uh, they are playing the victim all the time and causing you to feel as if you're not seen or heard. Uh, when it when a 
empath is experiencing this. You've experienced this. What was that really like for you to almost be made invisible because they're going to have a story bigger and more painful than yours? It just makes you feel so unheard. It makes you feel so unloved, invalidated. And especially when it comes from, let's say you have a parent that's doing this, it really is very harmful. And I think it also, for me, it really um, hurt my self-esteem, for lack of better words, hurt. It really started to cut down onto my self-esteem and self-worth. Like, well, I guess I'm not really like, my opinion's not valid. My feelings aren't valid. So I guess that means that I'm just going to kind of go along with whatever's given to me. And, you know, therefore you can be set up to then now in friendships or romantic relationships, just putting up to put up because you've always put up and it's, it's not okay. You should never feel like you're invalidated or you're not heard. Um, And a lot of times I would seek a um, more mentor or guidance from another person outside my family. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me try. Like I just was trying to find grounding to be able to have guidance because I wanted it. And I was healthy enough to know that I wasn't getting it somewhere. So I got to get it somewhere else. So for me, I, I always kind of felt lost. And, you know, I always actually, when I was younger, I made friends with a senior, like let's say in high school, I always had a senior friend. But then they left to go to college. So then I have to make a new friend. And it always seemed to be a senior because I was looking for the older, you know, mentorship. I, 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 could, I could see where a person would need to do that because if not, then you're just stuck with that family dynamic or whatever you're, whoever the caregiver is. And now you're going to carry that into every relationship thereafter. Um, I'm going to put something to you now. I'm going to put it up on the screen and I want your opinion on this. Okay. Okay. No intimacy and no sex seems to be a dynamic that is often talked about when you're dealing with a narcissist who is trying to control every aspect because they fear intimacy. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would say the kryptonite for the narcissist is vulnerability. And we all love Brene Brown. She talks about vulnerability is the key to a successful company, team, relationship, if you can't authentically be yourself and feel safe to be vulnerable about being a human being, because suffering and pain, joy and celebrating, those are all intertwined in being a human. So the narcissist is afraid of this, again, due to their past trauma, due to whatever treatment they've received in their growing up and conditioning. They've been conditioned that being a vulner- being vulnerable, being intimate is equals pain really and so they block themselves off to this and so they can't actually truly experience true intimacy and so then their partner as well won't really connect with them like on a soul level i think there's something special about when you're intimate with somebody to really feel connected on a soul level and they're incapable there's a huge wall and it just it will never be ever deeply connected with their partner that that means then that a person can find themselves let's let's say the empath uh, the the partner uh, the mate the uh, looking for intimacy uh, they're going to feel left out when it comes to their needs mm. 
But you yeah. just highlight you just highlighted that they have no empathy, so they're not going to be concerned about that. No, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care, and somehow us empaths just keep going back no, for more. I'm sorry, you cracked me up doing it. No, they don't care. No, no okay. Next point. This is how I start talk to my friends. No, I don't care. I know that's why you have a show here. That's why you <laughs> right, right to the point. They don't care. Essentially, is what you're saying. Uh, that that means then, and uh, I'll put this up now. Uh, they easily become defensive, so you can't even talk about the previous thing we were just talked about, or not being seen and heard, because if you try to discuss something based upon what you're saying, we got a problem now because they're going to become easily defensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can tell a story about this interesting toxic cocktail of in in my past and i talk about it in my book empath and the narcissist is whenever we would get you know intimate at night it was always a big uh production it was like get all the cocktails out get the you know we would always go out to dinner so i was dressed up get you know make sure the high heels are on and like this big production but there was zero emotional you know intimacy there and then it would drag on and on and on for hours and hours. And then, I, you know, as a human being, I'm like, I got to go to work. I'm tired. And then, boom, he would become so defensive. Um, or I would literally just fall asleep and pass out. Then he'd be really mad at me the next day, not talk to me. And, you know, I'd be like, well, what did I do? Right? Like, well, nothing. You know, nothing, Raven. You did nothing. He just you know, couldn't connect with you. He couldn't get his needs met of whatever he wanted out of the, you know, production of the whole experience. And then he never took responsibility, just became very defensive. At one point, you know, some really extreme stuff happened. Big fights would occur. Things would be thrown in the house. I would be locked out of the house in the cold, like in my underwear, crazy stuff, because he just couldn't like accept that he needed to consider me as a human being. I, you know, I had a job. Mm-hmm. It's already been four hours. Like, come on, dude. Like, but he got very defensive and it just turned into a big, huge fiasco, huge fight. He would even remove vacations because I didn't perform sexy enough or whatever. And so all of this stuff is the takeaway the narcissist does. All of this is just their smoke and mirrors that they're inadequate because that's their biggest fear in life is that they're inadequate. Smoke and mirrors that they are inadequate. Mm -hmm. I love the way you said that. That's almost like the title of a second book. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You came up with it. I really like that. (laughs) Um, Oh, here we go with the next uh, item uh, to keep in mind when you're dealing with someone who's self-absorbed, self-centered, narcissistic traits and behaviors. um, Here we go. You wanted to highlight this aspect. Uh, Essentially, they have no compassion or, or, um, well, you say it. Yeah. um, It's just, this this is a sign, really, if the person who you're with actually cares about you at a deeper level, right? Otherwise, all you are is like either arm candy, supply is a big, you know, topic trend word that people use from you know the empaths um it could just be like stoking their ego or it just could be like they're you're their little teddy bear 
you're the comfort zone and they don't want to like do any work, work on themselves and get out there and find someone else. Right. So all of it though, comes back to if they don't have compassion for you, which goes back to the no empathy, then you're just a trophy for them. And when you're, they feel comfortable, they put you on the trophy, the shelf and you collect dust until you realize, you know what? I don't like to be on this shelf. This yeah. sucks. Yeah. They don't love me. They're not compassionate. They're always blaming me for things. So I'm going to leave. Except that when you start to leave, they go, oh, wait, no, no. Let me get my, my shining polish out. Let me like dust you off. Let me polish you. Let me give you all of the love and attention that you're asking. And then you're like, oh, okay. Okay. So you heard me. I guess then I will stay. But typically with the narcissist, it lasts like, I don't know, a week, not, not very long until they feel comfortable again and you're back in the routine and then you're back in the routine and you're just sitting on the shelf with no compassion, not being treated like an equal human being and, you know, life, the, the vicious pattern of pain continues. Yeah, we're looking at, uh, of the refrain, talks about a 10-year marriage to a narc. Um, yeah. You mentioned uh, there the uh, personality is being looked at with scrutiny. His personality was looking at as scrutiny because I nearly lost my mind. Uh, feel free to address that if you like. I can feel you of the refrain. I was with mine for 10 years, and I literally would say out loud, am I taking crazy pills? Like, what is going on? Because the cycle repeats and repeats where they discard you, they have zero compassion, you know, they get comfortable, they blame you for everything. And then you're like, you know what? You confide in your friends and they're like, this isn't the way a man should treat you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, move right. on, tell him mm -hmm. what you need, put your boundaries up. Mm -hmm. um, and then you do, and then they flip everything over on its head. And somehow, because they're master manipulators, you believe the crap that they say to you. They believe you believe that it's your fault. You really, truly are trying to fix the relationship, but you can't because this relationship that you're stuck in this like literally Groundhog's Day loop, yeah, yeah. you are never going to be able to fix it because you can only control yourself. And that relationship is a one-way street versus a healthy relationship that could grow and change that typically is a two-way street. So I... I'm so sorry that you had to deal with that. And everyone on the outside, of course, yeah. they blame you. They think you're crazy. Yeah. They think that, or they think, why is she staying? She must really be crazy and wish for this torture. But it's not. It's so complicated. And you do feel like you're losing your mind. And, and then in the end, I really felt like I was losing my soul. Like I literally could feel the vortex pulling me down. And I saw the dark mist. I was like, okay, now. Okay, I see. Thank you, universe. I see this. I need to get out now. Did did you? I I know you didn't expect this, but you learn to expect the unexpected when you do a show with me. We've yeah. done so many together. I have to ask you. I'm thinking of this. Look, you're in this situation, Raven. We're we're talking to people about this now. You speak to a number of people. Uh, you you also coach people. You have your book. You have your podcast. You have a YouTube channel. You try to help as many as you can. But when you were in that type of a situation and you didn't know it was your fault, <laughs> you were maybe kept trying to, I have a picture I, I'm not going to ever put up unless you tell me it's okay that you sent me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're talking you about. It, you brought it up. 
Uh, oh my god, I went down memory lane. Like all of us did going for old photos. This picture of how you change your entire appearance to make him happy. While he was still rolling you on this roller coaster of emotional and mental chaos. Yeah, and that picture was from getting us ready. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off because I just have to say that picture was You know you can do that with me, but uh, the picture (laughs) part, when you say, I've got the picture in my head, so I'm. That picture was from us arranging, like that picture, and he doesn't have to put it up because I'm going to protect the identity of everybody, but it it was me between the two moms. And I was like, do you see which one, which one's my real mom? Because it was like so obvious (laughs) that I looked identically like his, which we talked about before with Caroline in the show. And um the, the picture was from us planning the wedding dinner. And this is eight years after I got together with him. And probably the first two, we were young, still in high school. So those, they really wasn't bad. It wasn't narcissist abuse. So for six years, I've been dealing with this emotional roller coaster cycle of trying to leave, move out, move back in, move out, move back in. And so we're arranging this wedding dinner. And you can see me looking identical to his mom. And I thought that giving him an ultimatum to marry me was going to fix our problems. And it just made them worse. Just like you think you're going to have a kid, it's going to fix your problems. It just makes it worse. It's like when you drink alcohol, you think it's going to numb your problems, but it actually, it magnifies them and it magnifies your like darkest shadowy behaviors. So all of that to say... (laughs) I know the real pain of the emotional roller coaster. You, you, um, you're very generous about talking about that picture, but, um, thank you for sending it. I have never seen anything like that before. I know things like that exist out there. Uh, I just happened to see that. Um, I could not tell who was, who was who, but I, I know the face looked like one woman, but, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Everything else looked like the other woman, and you were in the middle. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. as good as I can describe it. Whenever you put that out, everyone who knows you mm-hmm. and has come to know you via social media will be able to understand what you have experienced. Uh, when you were in that vortex of, of total confusion, um, you, you didn't know it wasn't your fault. You thought it was. What were some oh, of the things okay. you kept trying to do to make it work what were sacrifices that you were making to try to make it work? Anything he would suggest, I would try. I'm going to be honest. I went down some really dark paths. I did some crazy black market crap that he was like, Hey, if you just like, you know, experience how it is to be a mother, then you won't really like you'll, you'll have tried it and not liked it. And then we can move on. Like, because that started to be a big thing as I wanted to have a family and he was a hard no. And I'm so grateful that it was a hard no, because otherwise I still be dealing with him today. No children with him, right? No children with him. Yeah. Otherwise I'd be dealing with him today. Yeah. 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 Um, let's, let's let's talk about uh, of the refrain since we have them on the screen real quick before uh, we're going to take a commercial break, which is going to last about 60 seconds. I'm giving everybody a heads up there. Uh, we're going to have a little commercial break uh, for us to uh, drink a little bit off camera. Uh, not what you're thinking. Not what you're thinking. We're just <laughs> get a little, a little tea or coffee or something down mm. our throat as we're doing the show uh, for you this morning. But uh, of the refrain says, I ran into moral bankruptcy. 
Wow, that's mm. a great phrase. Dude, you need mm. to make a shirt that says that. Hashtag yeah. moral, moral bank, bankruptcy. Uh, once infidelity was operative uh, in the narc. Uh, let me look over here. It's bigger over here. Uh, I was relieved to some extent because I was so worn out with all the errands and mm. obligations on top of the egg eggshells. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a lot in there we could dissect. That's oh, my a gosh. Show we could cut into. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, touch on it, my friend. Uh, what a blessing and a curse, that infidelity. I'm so sorry. And at the same time, I'm so grateful that the universe presented that. So interesting how that I can relate to that, unfortunately. That was, there were two big things at the end that were like, nope, don't drop, don't go past this line. And one was physically hitting me, which he only did once, very obviously. And so I moved out. And then the second was infidelity. And he actually tried. It wasn't, didn't, wasn't successful, but he tried to go have, a, you know, sleep with my sister. And as much as I didn't have a really close relationship with her, I thought that that's just like creepy. And that's a huge no. So I was like, file divorce papers tomorrow. Like, so it's hard and it's relieving, right? You are worn out with all of the things. Gosh, literal errands. I remember always doing all the errands. He sat home like a kid and just did whatever he did. Yeah, the obligations constantly walking on eggshells. Okay. It's like because they react so defensively, like we had said before, yeah. the lack mm -hmm. of empathy, the defensiveness trains you to, in your mind, go, should I say this? How are they going to react? Oh, they're not going to like this. So I'm not going to mm -hmm. like share my true thoughts about this. And honestly, I'm just, feel like I'm rewiring that now, like with the safe partner that I have wait, now. How, how long ago? Wait, how long ago was it that you went away from him? 10 years. And you, so you're that's, just now feeling comfortable at the whole rewiring of, hey, I can trust my judgment. It's Over. a gradual process. Yes. But it's still this inside freeze moment. Like, okay, can I say this? And will my partner react negatively? And over and over for the last 10 years, my partner has not. He's always come back and said, oh, you know what? I hear you. I, I'm sorry. Or whatever the conflict is. Um, or like, this is where I was coming from. And this is my opinion on it. And we're able to yeah. talk like a normal, I always say normal, like a healthy relationship <laughs> versus, you. you know, it's like the ghost of that fear, the eggshells. I hear you off the refrain. It's like, just because you're out of it doesn't mean you're fully out of all of that conditioning that they've put you through. Okay. Yeah, I've got to touch on uh, of the refrain. Thank you so much uh, for being a loyal supporter of our channel and uh, getting a couple of our mugs from our, our recovery journey uh, merch store uh, and supporting us and keeping these live shows going. But I got to touch on something you said there, my friend. You said and you did, too. Also, Raven, worn out. And the errands. You were worn out with the relationship and what it was putting you through you were worn out with the person how would you describe being worn out for someone who's just now embarking on being worn out are we asking of the refrain to comment no he's gonna he's he just he's throwing some other stuff up there i'll put up in a minute Go okay. ahead. You, describe what it meant to you being worn out being worn out i, I was just when you read that over it it's the emotional again like i mentioned emotional roller coaster it's being worn out like 
you're literally emotionally burnt out because you're taking all the blame. You're taking all of the negative energy. You're taking the responsibility. And then you're trying to, like you said, make sacrifices to make the relationship work. So let's say one of the sacrifices is, um, okay, so I will never say this phrase again, which is impossible to do. Or I remember even saying, okay, like I'll just put more makeup on or I'll just wear high heels during sex and then that will fix it. Like all of these things aren't ever going to fix it because it's not emotional level solutions. And so you're emotionally worn out. That's what um, I interpreted it. That's no, a beautiful way to describe it. Um, it. It really helps a number of times when we do these shows and our guests, uh, or like you're doing right now as the host of your show here, uh, the Raven Scott show, to be able to put words to what feelings are. Because a number yeah. of the viewers write me and, and mention the fact that, hey, I really appreciate when your guests really talk about and describe that emotion because now they can put words to what they're, the abuse that they're experiencing. And I appreciate you doing yeah. that, my friend. Um, errands, huh? So they, you always had to do errands for the house? Me, yeah. Did, I did grocery shopping. Did you get a break? <laughs> no, so I worked full time. I did the grocery grocery shopping. I also did the alcohol shopping, which was as much as the grocery shopping because we both were alcoholics because we were unhappy in our relationship. And um, I did the purchasing of the dinners out. Oh my God. And if they got the order wrong and I came home and I didn't wow. double check it, I'd have to go back because he would not, he refused. He was literally like a toddler. He refused to eat it. He wouldn't even scrape off the sauce or whatever they put on there. Wow. And he liked things very plain. <laughs> you know, you know what's so interesting is and you're not a plain person. <laughs> I am not. No, well, you, I am you, a blank. I was a blank canvas yeah. to him. But I uh, no, that. I remember you said that he looked at you and went like, oh, I can. Make I something love out of variety. Him. I love curry. Yes, I love do. sauce. Yeah. I will eat anything. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. find that interesting. I mean, for you to be in that relationship. It was a moment in time for you. But now that you look back, yeah. you you are giving out so much information to help so many younger women, uh, these young ladies getting boyfriends or whatever, yeah. and they're finding out that they're dealing with very controlling people. Uh, yeah. uh, and that's a sad situation. Of the refrain has, has uh, said that he's looking for a cave. You're looking for a cave, my friend. <laughs> he's... <laughs> Hey, hey, do you have the two line like me? And <laughs> no, yeah, it's becoming becoming a monk and retreating to a cave sounds awesome sometimes. Yes. And maybe you have the two line like myself of um, in your human design chart. It's actually called the hermit. So I'd love to pull your chart and read that. But yeah, because there's especially if you're carrying the weight in the relationship, of course you want to retreat. That's too much. You're literally bearing the whole relationship, all of the responsibilities of being an adult and the household, the children, if there's children involved, the the money, right? The career. My money was the actual real money. His money was from his parents. There's just so much on your shoulders that, of course, you want to retreat and go into a cave. Yeah. So, so you're saying that uh, that's a normal reaction. So if somebody's dealing with this right now and they're feeling that way, they shouldn't be trying to beat themselves up with shame and guilt. 
No, that's a red flag that someone is not taking responsibility, that that relationship is not a two-way street and you need to either seek therapy or find a plan, an exit plan, and just give yourself time away from the relationship. If it's meant to be and they are healthy, then you will reunite. If it's not meant to be and they want to love bomb you and draw you back in, then you shouldn't reunite. You should stay strong and still be in your quote unquote cave to do your healing, to invest in yourself. Get in your cave, people. Get in your cave. I love the cave. I love it. I, yeah. Now that hey, we make that's another shirt for you of the refrain. Uh, and thank you for the kind uh, words there uh, concerning our recovery zone uh, merch store. Uh, that's a way in which, uh, just so some of you know, we don't talk about it much. A few people ask us. It's a way in which people want to donate to the show. Uh, of course, they can use the PayPal uh, to do so. Uh, but of course, we have the recovery zone. Um, Raven, your um, efforts to help people, uh, you've done a lot of research. Uh, you came up with five different things that you wanted to talk about, and I want to put up number five. Now, when you sent over the information to me, I had to try to come up with, in my mind, ways to put it on the screen, the graphics to put it on the screen. This is what I came up with for number five. So please forgive me. These are not these are not Raven's words. If you want to be mad at somebody, you be mad at me. because <laughs> I take responsibility for the graphics. The content, though, which she's going to say after this, she'll make sense of what I'm going to put on the screen. So I tried to make it make sense. So here we go. Create they uh, narcissists can create emotional confusion and mental chaos. Uh, you have a number of uh, better words maybe to use mm. for number five. Go right ahead. Okay. Yeah, I like the way you put that. It like we were talking about the emotional roller took, coaster. It so me, it took me. It took me two days. <laughs> <laughs> it took you two days. Oh my god. Okay. It took me, I was like, that's, no, you go ahead. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So. There's there's this concept between your gut is your first brain and your brain brain is your second brain because our second brain can overjustify, overthink, rationalize. This is why we stay in the relationship with a narcissist for so long because we're like making all these excuses for them and have these hopes and dreams for the future. And we have this fantasy relationship in our head versus the reality relationship. But our body knows. It knows what is healthy. It knows what is right. And it will tell you. So the emotional confusion and manipulation of all their words that the narcissists are very good at, that's to, again, gaslight your true feelings, which are inside your gut. So if your body disagrees with your mind, that is something that will tell you that you need to, again, find therapy or and or you know, find an escape plan. The relationship's over. The relationship is dead because let's say they're coming up to you and wanting to give you a hug and you're shrinking inside your body and your stomach is clenching. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's your body saying that this is not a safe person. As much as they can say they love you, they have shown you in their actions that this is not a safe person. If they say the words, I love you, and you start to cry or hold back tears, because it's painful that they're saying I love you because they've just blamed you for everything, thrown you under the bus. Maybe they have physically abused you or mentally called you horrible, nasty words that no one should ever call each other. All of those things, when they say I love you and your body wells up with sadness and emotion, again, that is a real 
tale that this person is toxic for you. Your body is screaming at you and you need to say, like, listen to it. I'm also, if I can add to this, my body actually went into shutdown mode. I was not able to eat a lot of things. First, it was, it was um, flour, right? The basic gluten allergy. And I would feel really horrible and bloated and sick and like I couldn't digest. And then um, it became dairy and then I couldn't consume dairy and that gave me an upset. And everyone's like, oh, well, those are common allergies. But yet I can drink it, but I don't like to now dairy. Once I left that relationship, I was able to eat whatever I wanted. My body was free. My body was happy. I did not have celiac disease. It was literally a my ex allergy. Like my ex was the allergy. (laughs) I know everybody gets gets to hear this from me all the time. That's a (laughs) t-shirt. My ex was the allergy. I actually really do like that t-shirt. I think I'm going to make that one. uh, You should make that one. You're telling me that you you regained your ability to enjoy food again better after that person uh, was no longer uh, abusing you. Yeah. And I even saw a nutritionist. And at the same time, she was like, okay, well, take a diary. And also, I was being hounded for always looking really skinny. Um, And I'm tiny already. Like, I, I'm, you know, when I left, I was really skinny. And I was always feeling like I needed to diet. That was, again, another controlling aspect that narcissists do. And so um, I was eating pretty much salads all the time. And she's like, well, first of all, you don't eat anything. So how can you actually go if you're not eating anything? (laughs) So... (laughs) You're creating a problem that doesn't need to be a problem. Yeah, but I couldn't eat like the gluten and all the other things that I would kind of go to Mm -hmm. to fill in my diet. Um, Yeah, so because those reacted like an allergy in my body. You got some more here of the refrain on the screen. Uh, Be my guest. Read that. I am convinced. Yeah, narcs hand out PTSD with nearly all of the DSM-V markers. What is DSM-V? I don't know. We, we, we okay. Can get in, we can get As if it was candy. We'll make him explain it. But go okay, good. Please explain to me that acronym. It sounds amazing. Yeah, they do hand out the PTSD like it's candy. Emergency room, read the chart. Looked at me in the eye, asked a handful of questions. Yep, toast, LOL. <laughs> uh, he, he's, uh, he's not done there because he, he brings some more to our attention. Okay, doing much better is good, yeah. So I think his allergy with food, too, was related to the PTSD and the stress of the relationship. Yeah, I earned my seat in this community most days. I'm proud and regret not what I have seen and lived. We have seen and lived this experience to help others because narcissism is not just a one-off thing. This great awakening since the last 2016 election has really brought to light narcissism. and. It's really been something that has been carrying on for centuries. But now, as a collective, we're done dealing with it, right? Like our last first episode of Raven Scott Show, I'm done. We're done. A cycle is ending. A new one's begun. So all of us who've experienced this, first, are strong enough souls to endure it. And second, are here, have a brilliant light to shine out, to be part of the community, and to support others in shedding the light on all of the, the darkness to dispel it. You have uh, brought so much to our attention. We covered technically six points and a whole lot more. Um, we are not done yet, everyone. 
if you are here live, as of the refrain is, and others that are here, as well as if you watch this back on the replay, today is the day that we're going to put a commercial on for you. Uh, I'm going to play it. It's about 60 seconds long. That's enough time for us to quickly either take a potty break <laughs> or, or, or run. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to, so we're going to be implementing more of that uh, here in the show. And it also lets you know when we are about halfway through the show. Uh, so we're going to play that for you now, and uh, we'll be right back uh, with a little bit more for you. Uh, actually, about five uh, more things for you. Uh, a real long show, the Raven Scott show for you today. And uh, we appreciate you being with us on this second episode. Uh, so right now, oh, wait, hold on a second. I'm getting a message. Uh, I'm going to do this here real quick. I'll put that up there. Uh, diagnose manual used by uh Okay, DMS. Just to throw that in there, I am now going to make sure that we quickly. Both of us. On this healing journey, some days will be better than others. Don't be discouraged. Receive my daily growth emails to help you on your self development journey. Sign up in the description below to receive them directly to your inbox. Raven Scott's book weaves the story of an empath growing up, struggling with codependency and loving a narcissist, then shows how she was able to leave and heal from the pain and trauma. It guides you in transforming yourself from low self-esteem, PTSD, emotional abuse, to a strong, confident, and renewed soul. It provides effective techniques to help you overcome pain, fear, and the cycle of emotional dependency. Grab your copy of her book today on Amazon. I know you were saying to yourself, where did they go? <laughs> okay, we let you know where we were heading off to, uh, trying to do our best to make sure that our voices are ready for you and that we are ready for you as well. Uh, the Raven Scott Show here in its second episode on Narc Abuse TV Network is uh, one of many shows that will be here. Uh, Raven, of course, has her own YouTube channel, uh, the Raven Scott uh, Show channel as well on uh, YouTube. And of course, she is on Instagram. What I'm really interested in is making sure that, uh, you know, we're going to do our best to make sure to give you as many shows as possible. But they will be truly uh, high production value shows. In other words, the content uh, will be just juicy enough for you to sift through, pull out what you need so it can help you as you move through your journey of making sure that you have peace and uh, unity in your home. We just got through talking about uh, how narcissists can create emotional confusion and mental chaos. And uh, right about now, uh, we got Raven here with us back again uh, as the host of yeah. the Raven Scott Show. Go ahead, Raven. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you for that break. Paxton, that was needed. I love that. <laughs> oh, no worries. Uh, you know, us old people, we got to have our breaks too. Now so. I can think properly. My head is clear. <laughs> My body is not screaming at me. <laughs> we were just talking about the body brain and the, the brain I brain. You. I got you, sister. <laughs> I feel I feel in the same. I feel in the same. Listen, Thank this you. is free TV, but we're not going to torture any of our guests or the host of shows. Uh, we're going to be having <laughs> these commercials. And it gives... Actually, it, a lot of the people that view the shows here on YouTube, it's a whole nother audience we're gaining here on YouTube. 
uh, they're they're like, hey, you know, we understand. They they've been so <laughs> understanding <laughs> that uh, <laughs> we we will do that. That's such a great community. I really am enjoying YouTube as well, and over my, on my channel, things are rocking and rolling over there, and we're having a lot of fun talking about human design and nar narc abuse recovery. And you oh my talk gosh, about empaths as well is another thing well, that you do. I focus. Yes, yeah, I, I'm right. focusing on empaths because I'm an empath, and so I can freely share my experiences. Yes, and how to deal with all of that and that empath healing. And we talk about energy updates too. So if you're into astrology and human design, I go through all the different transits every week. It's really been a lot of fun. You you are not a person that can be just put into a certain space and made to uh, stay there. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that uh, you are adaptable to whatever the circumstance is and you will speak your mind. Uh, again, yeah. another reason why, or I said to you before we ever started, I don't do shows with just anybody, uh, they have to be talented people uh, that I would even, uh, I would be comfortable inviting them to my home, as it were. Uh, I'm very, really honored to be your first talented. show here. Thank you so, so much. You're, you're very, very talented, and I'm <laughs> glad you were uh, the first show that we got going this way. Uh, I need to put something up on the screen. Uh, it's something that uh, I stumbled across. I offered it uh, to you as a possible aspect uh, to the show. Uh, you said yeah. yes. Uh, I needed to respect that because this is the Raven Scott show on our platform and our brand, the two brands coming together, something we got accustomed to doing on Instagram. And now we're doing it here. Um, I'll put this up. And I'm just, we're going to go into a subject right now, everyone. Uh, hopefully you can see that on the screen. Uh, narcissist, narcissistic abuse wasn't your fault. Uh, and I wanted to do this with you, my friend Raven, because I know you got the right fervor, uh, and I don't have to be the only one that has the fervor. <laughs> I can be up on my soapbox. I'm excited. But yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. You said it better than I do. A number of people are being abused emotionally, mentally, in a number of other ways from individuals, even if they have not received a full diagnosis of one given direction or another. Selfishness comes in many different forms. People are haughty, self-absorbed, and a number of other things in the time that we live in. But this I wanted you to address today, my friend. Mm -hmm. Narcissistic abuse, many people feel it's their fault and they don't even know they're being abused. This, is, this gets me so amped up because it's so frustrating. There's so many different elements that can happen that I, different phrases I hear and I'm like, oh, that's so wrong. But you, it's not your fault. What you're going through, the chaos and confusion, even once you're out of it and you go through your mourning, your, your, um, you know, you're sad, you miss your, your lover, because really what you need to do to let go of the narcissist is remove the fantasy of what you thought the relationship was and see it for what it really is, which is really hard. And then you get angry and then you get upset. And then you feel like, oh, well, I can't believe I let this happen to me. That's how what I experienced. And then I sort of blame myself. Well, I was, you know, I, I, I was dumb. That's a, I was not, you know, able to see the signs. I was, you know, not experienced enough in the dating. I was too afraid to get out there. I was making all of these excuses for me to take on the blame and make this bad relationship, all of the narcissist abuse, I experienced my fault. 
but it's not your fault. It was a perfect storm. And yes, it happened. And yes, it sucked. But again, it gave you some incredible life lessons, just like off the refrain said. Would you go back and change it? Maybe you would. I think I would have experienced the relationship for maybe four years and then been gone versus 10. But you can't. You can't live in the past. You have to just focus on what you can control now in the present. And what I know is that that abuse, all of the lies that they told you, all of the ways that they pulled you in with all of their very strategic love bombing, it wasn't genuine love. It was very much a show they were putting on it an act and your relationship was the stage for them. All of that where you felt like, oh, but they really loved me. If they did not have empathy for you, if they didn't treat you like a genuine human being, then no, they didn't really love you. And I'm sorry to tell you that really hard truth to hear. They just loved themselves. They loved the idea of controlling you. They loved whatever they were getting out of that relationship. They loved whatever you were providing, but they didn't truly love you for who you were. Otherwise, you would have felt safe. You would have not been walking on eggshells. And all of that to say, it's still not your fault. They're very, they're master manipulators. Even the smartest doctorates. I just interviewed someone on my podcast. She actually has a degree in the mental health realm, and she still fell in love with a narcissist. Like, They're very, very good at what they do. They've been doing it their whole life. Narcissists are developed through their childhood. The narcissism is locked in by 18. And then they're masters. Like they just, they know what to do. So it's not your fault. It really, truly is not your fault. Very important for us today, both of us, to make sure to reach out to those of you that feel that way. Many of you have passed this point in your, your journey and you know that it is not your fault. But it is those of the new generation that are experiencing narcissistic behavior, traits, and qualities, uh, or a full-blown diagnosis. It's those individuals that this channel, Narc Abuse TV Network, reaches out to. Uh, So thank you so much for doing uh, what you uh, have done uh, by helping others and what you're saying right now to reach out to them. Uh, Of the refrain... You're awesome. Thank you so much for some of the things that you're saying, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, and big hugs to you and much love to you uh, for being a support to, to what we're doing here. And uh, we appreciate you uh, being here. This is the second half of our show. Uh, we had a commercial break, and now we are going to cover uh, five more points. We just touched on the theme of what we're going to be doing. Uh, Raven, can you uh, feel free to touch on some of the things you may find here in point number two? Yeah, so whatever is wrong in the narcissist's life is not your fault. They will try and make it your fault, but it's not. And typically, again, narcissists come from, like I said, they're they're formed in their childhood. It's formed by emotional neglect, possibly, by trauma, or by uh, enabling, like an uh, essentially like an overly spoiled child. There's kind of those those three and that overly spoiled child typically has taken on an adult kind of partner role to a parent. So those combinations are their life's experiences. It's not yours. Their parenting is not your fault. If they had a bad day at work, they're not allowed to dump on you. You can be a safe space for them to be for your partner to be upset about their bad day. 
but the unhealthy reaction of the narcissist where they start to be upset that the house maybe isn't clean enough or the dishes aren't done or the food isn't properly cooked. All of their negative aspects of their control freakness come out when they have a bad day because they're unhappy with their life already. They're unhappy with themselves. And then if they have a bad day, it just amplifies their anger and they won't take responsibility for it and work on what they can control. They focus on everything outside of them because they're always the victim of whatever scenario. It's never their fault. It's my boss's fault. It's never their fault. You didn't make the dinner on time. Whatever it is, they will not take that responsibility. So, Oh, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. I was just going to conclude that, again, the myth that this is your fault, like, oh, sorry, I didn't cook the dinner on time. Like, don't apologize. You're already working on dinner. Let's say it's cooking. And the, it's you're human, you know, yes, five no, minutes right. here or there. It's not your fault. So please do not apologize. Do not take the blame. And they need to put on their big boy or girl pants and be able to wait for five minutes. You 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 uh you took my comment. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> okay. That was no. Okay. I was gonna ask a question leading to the answer you just gave. It's okay. That uh, hey, you know you're human. You're not going to get it perfect, and they need to show compassion. And I who, think that they like they're attracted to and or they prey on those who are who are super empathetic, but also like perfection driven. Maybe because they do feel like. Mm-hmm the low self-esteem people, like, let's say you also were raised a certain way. And for me, I had low self-esteem for a number of reasons. I write in my book, mm-hmm. it was really low. I felt like I was like a loser and no one really wanted me. And I was ugly, all these things. So it was like perfect for him. He's like, Oh, she's perfect. She, she feels like crap already about herself. So I can keep dumping on her. Um, and that's, that's what they, they look for. So what I think is really key. And I always talk about is your self-worth work, right? Your self-improvement work is Mm -hmm. key to defend against this because you'll always take it upon yourself, right? The perfectionist. Oh, shoot, I should have done this. Then it would be perfect. I'm sorry, I'm guilty. I'm a Virgo. I love things to be perfect. Life isn't perfect. You're not perfect. So if you continue to strengthen your emotional intelligence, your self-development, that's key for defending against all these lies that this particular situation is your fault. Okay, so I I have to ask, this pops into my head. He felt you were vulnerable. He could take advantage and manipulate, per se. What age were you? Did you start to recognize he felt that way, or was it when you first met? Oh, he he was already being very strategic about who he picked when we were 17. Uh, Got it. And I had the luxury of his revealing the secrets when he was upset at the end. Yeah. Oh, wow. But he was trying to, he was trying to hurt me, but it was actually very enlightening. And I appreciate that he said those things. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You're kind of like, no, really go ahead. Tell me, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. 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 Because like you say, I'm an intelligent person. So once I got my emotional (laughs) stuff together i was able to recognize yeah you you became a dangerous weapon against narcissistic abuse you just uh, you just a bad girl okay so uh number three um brings out a number of different things and it says it comes in waves uh after you leave 
the reality. That's kind of what you're saying right now. The reality that mm. you are not the blame. But that is really hard to get to, I would imagine, based upon the interviews I've done and conversations with individuals. That's hard mm -hmm. to do when you're living in it. You think you're the blame. Oh. That's the thing is, I don't know if you emotionally and physically can come to that conclusion huh. while in the energy sphere, in the emotional oh, vortex of the narcissist. I see. I see what you're saying. I think you need, you know, you need that separation and time away because they're they're just really good like they can read body language they can read everything oh, like they just they creepy. just have that's a very it is it is creepy yeah it says the narcissist knows how to wind you up like what does it say right there a coiled spring yeah a coiled spring have you ever felt like a cold spring when you were dealing with this or when you're talking to others and you hear their story they seem like they were this coiled spring ready to go off in any given direction. And then based upon what I hear, then the narcissist will blame you for being the one out of control. Yeah. Okay. So again, me and my human design, this is the open solar plexus, which is the emotional center. I'm white. Um, and so what happens is you're amplifying the emotions of others around you. So, and also you can like a coiled spring, you can holding all this inside of you, right? Because you're walking on eggshells. So you don't want to say something that's going to upset them. Mm -hmm. And then you hit your limit and enough is enough. And then you explode, right? You explode tenfold mm -hmm. what you probably normally would have reacted if you had taken it in bite-sized pieces and just mm -hmm. ignored the eggshells you were walking on. Um, and so, yeah, you then... They get to, right? They take the opportunity to say, look how crazy you're acting. Look yeah. at you. You're all, you know, you're throwing things. You're, you're yelling. You're all over, you're all over the place. What's you're being you? abusive. It's like, yeah. so then they're turning their, what they're doing onto you just because you, you've just had enough. Like you can't take it anymore. And that's, that's, um, that's just being human. Like you can't keep. Yeah. Like I just keep imagining like a weight, like you said, with that spring coiled underneath it. It's it's gonna pop. It's gonna burst. Yeah. And matter of fact, uh, one of the lines here. Excuse me. <coughs> excuse me, every. Excuse me, everyone. It says there's so others can see they do this and this happens. Uh, your wild and untamed nature, as it were. They they're trying to prove that a person is crazy, uh, and they're actually the one causing the chaos. Mm -hmm. So others can see how unstable you are. And how and wonderful it, they are for putting up with you. It almost, it sounds, well, it also, it sounds so awful. Um, this like is they're the savior. Mm -hmm. yeah, this is, well, it's, it's, it's so frustrating. Like be, it's almost like they want to come across. Well, let well, me, let me yeah. work with them and help them to be better. That is covert narcissism right there. It's like, oh, well, I'm the savior. I'm the good one. When under the, the the magician's cloak they've been poking you with like needles and they've been doing all this stuff to hurt you that no one sees because no one can see behind your closed door yeah. and even if you try and explain it what happens behind closed doors is extremely hard to put into words it, it really is like it's so abstract and they're so good at how they manipulate things that honestly i still can't recount exactly what happened i just know that I felt like shit. I felt that I got locked out of my, my 
patio door. I got pinned against a wall. I, you know what I mean? Like I got discarded. Vacations were taken away. Could I tell you exactly what happened? No, because it was just like so much fog and emotion. And there was a lot of alcohol in my case. So a lot of memories are wiped away. But that's what they do. Like they're just expert manipulators. And then everyone outside, right? Like they put on the act. Mm -hmm. So everyone sees you at your last straw. And they're just standing there, you know, with the pin hidden behind their, their, you know, shirt sleeve. Well, you mentioned something earlier and you were breaking it down for us. And you talked about having uh, to leave, in other words, to get the clarity on the reality that it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. If not, the person can be, as I touched on a little bit earlier, filled with shame and guilt. They can believe it's their fault and keep trying to fix something that's broken. But actually, the other person doesn't want it to be fixed. They, they enjoy the chaos and the confusion and the brokenness of a yeah. relationship. They uh, love the drama. They love the drama. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's mm-hmm. a good way to put it. They mm-hmm. love the drama. Uh, it says, but after you leave and time and distance is between you and your abuser, you get insights into events that happen. It's similar to what you're talking about right now and what of the refrain yeah. was talking about in the show, uh, the points that he was making. It says, you begin to see more clearly the sequence of events and how they did it. That happened with you, yes? Yeah. Yeah. And when you're romantically involved, I would say it takes more years to process it. Let's say um, if it's a friend or a family member, it might be a little bit easier because there's not so much like love really does make you blind. Like, so it's a little bit easier to see that in other types of relationships. So so if, you're um, saying if it's a work relationship or anything other than that, it can have a different type of effect and, and longevity to it, shorter maybe even. I think but, so. Uh, I think it's a lot more cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, it says here, you see that you were not a bad person, but a person who was reacting to abuse, poked and yeah. prodded to the point of explosion. You may have left off, you may have let out, left off, let off, excuse me, rephrase that, uh, to the point of explosion. You may have let off steam, said things you didn't want to say having the courage to revisit in your mind or on paper, those past events help to bring clarity to a muddy, unclear past. Yeah. Your your thoughts. Yeah. This is why I love journaling. Um, Journaling and I'm going to get all magical on you, but journaling around the full moon and taking all of those emotions that you feel now, right? Cause you're still going to feel upset, anger, bitterness, whatever, about that relationship and then like take yourself back if you can without PTSD triggering into that scenario or into a certain night or whatever an argument and journal all of that emotion out so then you can once you release that and you burn it in a very safe spot you know place with nothing around you like in a steel pot that actually the energy of all that like you've gotten it out of your body you've written it down And it's now surrendered to whomever you want it to be surrendered to, universe, God. And it transmutes all that. And that's what I did. I just took all of that angerness, all of the tears. I would have tears dropping on my journals. And then I would burn it. And layer by layer, 
it would be transmuted and taken away. And the healing was truly, you know, able to come to light. It'd be safe to, it'd be safe to say before you wrote it out, you were really holding on to a lot. Did you recognize how much you were holding on to as you were writing? Yeah, because then I was transferring it into my current relationship. Or if you're with somebody new, or like you're continually transferring what you're holding on to emotionally oh. and, and that pain Let me see if I into another said. relationship. Did you just say that you, oh, so you did the writing before, you did the writing after you were already in another relationship? Oh, yes. I So you were I already bringing my, some of the old, yeah. the pain that was caused in the new. Yeah. But once you were able to write it out, you were releasing not just yourself, but technically the person, the good person you're with right now, so that you can. Yeah, <laughs> from I'm, that I'm torture. Just, I'm just throwing totally. it Totally. I was trying <laughs> yeah. not to say torture. He's very grateful <laughs> for that. Yeah. 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 You got to get Yeah. And, it, and this is years. I discovered this journal thing years after I went through therapy. I yeah. did a lot of other different healing modalities. But to, to be honest, this was the most powerful one that I found because literally it would just be gone. I wouldn't think about it. I wouldn't feel those negative emotions that I had specifically to that layer anymore. It was it was sacrificed. It was transmuted. Wow. Well, of the refrain is throwing some more uh, juicy information to us there. Uh, could you address uh, what he's got there for you? Uh, yeah, the, he says the that Raven um, Scott, the Raven Scott show here. Go ahead. Yeah, then the narc has served, um, should have. So the, his narc should have served time in prison. She has been beating on men since her adolescence. I do not hit women, but uh, my God, the fury. Yeah, okay, so she's physically hitting, yeah, that she would urge me to. Again, a handout PTSD. Yeah, it's almost like she was goading you, um, and she probably had some strategy behind that to blame you on the abuse instead of her. Wow. and yeah wow. I, I see that it's, uh, it's a, that reminds me of what's happening not specifically hitting possibly oh yeah wait hitting with johnny depp and um his ex where she's blaming them I, i'm gonna show you how how lame i am raven i what? for the first time watched part of that this morning that's so i'm so far behind I can't, everybody's <laughs> talk. no really i was up on it it's like everywhere a year, a year ago and then it like disappeared and then it came back but it's a sad situation it yeah. is sad there was a lot going on in there i don't know much about it but there right when there's domestic violence and abuse it's complicated and yeah one probably stokes the other just like we're talking about like poking 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 wind them up like a coil and then the other person can't take it anymore that's that seems to be the situation right one person just can't take yeah. the pressure the emotional chaos and chaos and pressure um we were trying to uh make sure that uh, we spent as much time with everyone this morning uh because uh, the last time we did a show um uh, it's all my fault there were so many glitches that happened there and raven was ready and so beautiful and ready to go so i wanted to make sure for you our viewers uh, you got as much information as possible. We have literally gave you 10, if not 12 different aspects that you could keep in mind. Feel free to binge watch this show as much as you like. And like, comment, share, follow Raven save it. Uh, mm -hmm. as myself and save it and share it uh, with those who may be able to uh, pull some things out of it that may be beneficial. This last point that I have up on the screen for us mentions this. 
you were tricked into believing that you were responsible for your own abuse. Um, did you did you ever feel that way in your situation? Oh, yes. Yes, I always deserved the crappy treatment I got. I always deserved the vacation taken away from me. Did, did, it, did it carry over in your new relationship that things would happen and you would think, oh, I just deserve to be treated this way before you started journaling? Um, I don't know. The dynamics were a little bit different. Ger- okay, no, because yeah. he wasn't like yeah. that. He, he didn't do like that. that. Got it. Got it. No, no, I just got it. You got yeah. It. No, so I, I didn't did have that specific time. issue. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I did really good the second time. The first time, eh, I got a pass. <sighs> it says yeah. there nothing, absolutely nothing could have been done to stop your abuser abusing. It could have been anyone uh, that they essentially would have made a victim. Um, but they chose, as you, the way you described it, he he was very calculating and making sure to choose you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anyone with strong boundaries, strong, strong self-esteem, self-worth, who will push back real hard, they're not going to go for it because that, that's going to be a battle and struggle and they're not going to win. They know it. Like, they, they know that they need to prey on the weak. And not to call you that it's your fault that you're weak. I'm just saying, for me, I'll just give myself an example. I was a leader. I was really strong, yet my self-esteem because of bullying, because of family dynamics, religious upbringing, sheltering, a whole cocktail of things. I went into adulthood very timid, not prepared, and with low, low self-esteem. So I was like, okay, the first guy that looked cute, although I really thought he was hot and his family was beautiful. So I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. This guy actually likes me. Oh, wow. <laughs> ding, 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 red flag. Um, yeah. Then of course, then I was like, yes, please love me. And then I'll chase after you for the abuse, just as long as you continue to love me because no one else will love me. And that's why I always say, work on your self-worth, your boundaries, work on your emotional intelligence. That's what's going to guard your hearts and your minds against these people. You know, I have to, I'm going to do this real quick. I was going to say something, but before we end the show here, uh, Raven has been dropping knowledge and experience that she has had in her life and information that she's prepared for the show. And um, I appreciate you a great deal because I know you put effort into everything you do. It's not haphazard. You really uh, put effort and passion behind everything you do. You're a good woman and you've got a good man and you, you really are doing the best that you can to help as many as possible. Thank you for doing this show here. Um, Thank you. I want to take a look at this last paragraph that's up on uh, this uh, uh, this uh, point number five that's up on the screen, but the last paragraph of it, it says, please remember that narcissistic abuse was not your fault you will find this slowly over time. It was just a trick, gaslighting uh, to hide the real reason. You were with an abuser. The guilt lies with them. Why is it important, Raven, from your experience and recovery and journey that you're taking of recovery and in helping others, why is it important for individuals who are just now embarking on this information and starting to move forward. Why is it important for them to recognize that the guilt lies with the abuser? Well, if you put the abuser on a pedestal, if the abuser 
is not held responsible, then the abuse will perpetuate. Hence, all of a lot of the people up in some power positions, they're enabled. They're not being held responsible. And Me Too movement, all these things, they're really starting to hold these narcissists accountable. But you can't take everything on on yourself. I think there's definitely responsibility in a relationship with two people. For me, it was just like I didn't invest in my own self-worth. I'm going to take that responsibility. But the abuse was not my fault. You know, and just giving that other person a pass like, oh, well, I deserve it because this person doesn't love me or so many people, you know, have been treated me like shit. Well, okay, but that doesn't really mean that that's real. Whatever you're you like, I truly believe each of us has a unique light inside of us. And we get to choose the light path or the dark path. And those narcissists have chose the dark path. So that's that's on them. They chose that. But you now can choose freedom. You now can choose to step away from them. Um, Don't let them get away with it. That doesn't mean that you need to take them to court or that you need to call them up and say, you need to apologize to me because that's in reality not going to help not going to happen. You need to do your own healing within yourself, right? Get the closure you need to do by doing your spiritual growth, your self-development practices. That's really what's key here is it's, you just can't let them give you, like put all the blame on you uh, for a number of reasons. But the ultimate reason is that no one should ever treat somebody else like they are beneath them right? Uh, inclusivity, inclusivity in my being is huge. And honestly, narcissists are not inclusive. They're very exclusive. Everyone that works at a restaurant who's busting tables, they're beneath them, right? This person, that person, everyone's technically beneath them in their heads. So how is that person right? That person should not get a pass because they're being toxic. They're not being inclusive and in treating human beings as human beings. So I feel like I talked in circles and I hope I drove that not. point home <laughs> with that answer. <laughs> you did not talk in circles. <gasps> that is not what you have done. To, uh, ladies and gents, you have just experienced the second episode of the Raven Scott show. Uh, we here at Narc Abuse TV Network in ATV Studios. Uh, we are very happy that Raven, you are here. We don't all agree on everything in life, but everyone can pretty much agree on this. Abuse is abuse. And, yeah. and it's wrong. Uh, and that's what this show is highlighting. Feel free to go to Raven's uh, YouTube page, Instagram mm-hmm. uh, page. Excuse me, I rephrase that. Her, her YouTube channel and her Instagram page, uh, page uh, so that uh, you can uh, connect with her, talk with her. Um, right now, we are near the end of the show but before we go (laughs) um i just want to say um i really appreciate it if everybody would take the time to let youtube know that you like us so i'm gonna put up uh, a picture of my twin brother to remind you (laughs) please make it a point to subscribe uh, to our channels i just want to do that Anyhow, I like that. The other that day, looks like the actor my, that was in the Dolphin Tale. 
my my twin brother. By the way, I just wanted to throw that in. Uh, anyhow, um, <laughs> and uh, make sure uh, you come back again for the Raven Scott show here. Uh, we have uh, enjoyed ourselves together with a commercial break uh, for an hour and eighteen minutes, but it is now time for us to go. This free TV from uh, Narc Abuse TV with the Raven Scott show uh, is coming to an end. So everyone, we truly appreciate you being here and supporting, but please remember it's not your fault. Tell them Raven, tell them Raven. It's not their fault. It's not your fault. And remember, it's really simple. It's a B C D E F U, not you, but them. Just kind of keep that mantra in your head. I can't take you anywhere. I told you I have a family <laughs> show, and we don't talk bad about people. We oh my, Do you see what you got on the screen there? It's Look the righteous that. anger, because that's what's going to keep you away <laughs> from them. I gotta, I gotta, this is my justification. The righteous anger, righteous indignation. Okay, so uh, why don't you go ahead and read out, because uh, he's still putting the stuff on the screen. So go ahead. Awesome. And of the refrain. Thank you. Yeah, so cool to hear these days for real. Miss Raven, you've got all kinds of credibility with me. Thank you. Okay, Paxton, yes, no, what a champ Paxton. No, no, champ Paxton is a champ, you guys. Is it? Yeah, I'm a champ. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, champ. he's laughing. He's enjoying everything. Thank you of the refrain again. Um, everybody, <laughs> we uh, have had fun putting this together. We have other shows for you that will be coming your way. Uh, you, I know you know that, but uh, hey, we got to go. And uh, of course, we always have a video at the end. Uh, some people call them outros and all that stuff. We don't get, we just want to tell you, thank you for watching. So, uh, we'll see everybody again next time around. Wave, uh, we wave you guys. Uh, thank you here, so people. much for watching later people. Enjoy this. Thank you so much for watching and listening and posting all your comments below in the comment section. I can't wait to see them and reply to them and support you. If you're listening to this on the podcast, please take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your stories and tag at Raven Scott Show and let me know how this resonated with you so I can connect with you. Thanks again. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. There's something that'll have what you need, what you need. We're broken, it's tragic, we're not all elastic, but maybe there's magic. Believe you could have it, and I know of sadness, the anxious and panic, the infinite vastness of all that.